Schedulicity has done it once again. They, uh, uh, in addition to their $5,000 a month grant that they give to a barber or to a hairstylist, um, they just, uh, they just made it so it's uh, a little bit easier to make some money. Yeah. I mean, they uh, came out with a credit card processing uh, payment system called Schedulicity Pays. It's pretty exciting, right? I mean, like they're offering it, uh, they're offering credit card processing for 1.99% or 10 cents a, a swipe, but... And what's cool about that is that they'll get, even give you a uh, free uh, card reader. That's unheard of, right? Because I know I paid like a bunch of money for mine. Yeah. You know? So they're going to give it to you free and then only charge you 1.99% with... Uh, 10 cent a swipe fee, right? Yeah, you can't beat that. You can't beat that at all. Um, and also what's really cool too is it works within your Schedule City app, so you don't even have to leave the app or use a different um, like app outside of outside of the, uh, you know, the, the, the already app, right? Yeah, you just stay in one platform. That's can't it. get easier than that either. I'm like, <laughs> I know, right? And you can uh, manage all your uh, all your papers right through there, right? Yeah, all your inventory and everything. It, you know, all major credit cards are accepted. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And the best part, which is also what makes Schedulicity incredible, is their their customer service, or as I like to be called, the rock stars. The rock stars. So you still have the love, same. Love the rock stars. The rock stars are are the difference makers in this company, as far as I'm concerned. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. And so you still get that uh, that that same service with them. Um, so I mean, literally getting paid just got a little bit better. Yeah. And then for uh, more information, just visit schedulicitycares.com to find out uh, more information on getting paid. Schedulicity cares. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I sit with my best bud, Tony. What's up, Tony? What's happening, brother? You, man. What's happening? Oh man, another day with Tim. I know we get uh ten more minutes or so with Tim today. Yeah, this guy, uh, you know, it's it's definitely one of my favorite guests. I mean, he just has so much just information that he's he just constantly gives to our listeners. I'm just, I mean, forget about giving that he knows that it's in his noggin, man. He's got all that info in his noggin that he likes to share with us. He lives it. So this is, you know, he's preaching when he lives. So it's not like, you know what I mean? He's pulling it out of the air. He really lives this. Uh, good point. So Mr. Tim Fisk, welcome back to 10 Minutes with Tim or you know, on your day off. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? What, uh, what are we getting into today? Oh, man. I, I want to talk to some of your salon listeners and particularly the leaders and the mentors uh, and the coaches out there about how to do a positive one-on-one for their service providers. Nice. So this is like, like a one-on-one meeting. Yeah. I think, you know, anytime that we're helping our team better their best and and coaching them to grow, uh, I think there's some guidelines that we need to consider and some kind of rules of engagement that we would want to follow just to make sure that those kinds of meetings are positive and that we get the results that we're looking for. I mean, it's all about the big picture and the results, right? Otherwise, they're no good. Yeah, I mean, I grow, I get up every day and um, in my own salon company, my job is really to make sure that everybody else on my team is successful. And so to do that, really, I'm honing in on how I coach my team, how I mentor them, and just looking at how we map out things like a one-on-one. 
Mm, love it. All right. So, uh, so let's get into it. Like where, well, I mean, you, from your experience, where do one-on-ones happen? Do they usually happen in an office somewhere? Do they happen at a restaurant down the street? Do they happen in a coffee shop? Do they happen on the shop floor? Like, like what's that environment or what, what would you suggest is a positive environment to get the results that you need? I think that for the one-on-one meeting, it needs to be somewhere private, first of all, um, where the two of you can have a conversation. Um, And by private, I mean, it could happen at a cafe or a restaurant, but just outside of the earshot and outside of the view of everybody else within the salon company so that there's focus, first of all. And it's not because Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about all this super secret stuff. And I'm going to get into some of the things that we need to talk about. But I just want whoever it is that you're coaching at that moment to feel like it's all about them at that time. So they have yours and you have their undivided attention. That's right. And I think the key to these one-on-ones, and I can't say this enough, number one thing, we have to keep it positive. Mm. This can't be the time where we talk to them about all the times we saw them out of dress code or that time last week where they showed up after their client showed up for their first appointment. Right. Right. This has to be a business meeting about their business. If we want to get into things like dress code and and showing up to work on time or cleaning up after yourself, pitching in with a team, those are conversations that I need our, our leaders to have in real time. In other words, when they happen, don't sit on that kind of stuff and wait for some one on one meeting, because what you're going to do at that point is you're going to set up this expectation with your team that these one-on-one meetings are something they should be dreading because they're full of this accountability. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's genius, right? Yeah. They can't be accountability meetings in order for them to be a productive meeting for both of you to get the results that you're looking for. I mean, we have to come together as a team under the agreement, the understanding and the trust that we're both there to grow the service provider, that the service provider is committed to grow underneath the salon company brand. And that as a leader, we're committed to help them achieve those goals and grow thereby growing the business. So in order to- I kind of feel like we could end the conversation right now. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. like that's the big take and that's the big bomb, right? And that's, so, yeah, that's why I lead with it, because I think if you're, if you're not there, then forget about the mechanics of, of the rest of it, right? I'm truly blown away by that. I mean, just I'm how a, simple that is. You know? I'm already, I'm I can't wait, you know, to, to dive into this thing. I know, right? Let's go, Tim. Let's do it. So once we've established that this is a positive place where people are going to come to grow, um, I think there's a few things that we can consider as just mapping it out. Um, And, you know, coaching in my salon company happens once a month. Uh, I think that we coach people to the month because then we can look back and measure the success of the coaching that they received. Um, And it's good to make sure that we do it in a consistent way. So that doesn't mean that it has to be a month, um, but I wouldn't let it go more than 60 days uh, or the turnover of an entire client count. For some of our level ones in our salon that we're really trying to move and we're super invested in, we will do one-on-ones with them on a weekly basis to try to move the needle. And when we do that, we see that we have amazing results. Think of it, think of it this way. Um, LeBron James has a coach, right? Tiger Woods has a coach. These guys are working with their coach every single day to reach the very, very top of their game and the top of their industry. The value of coaching and mentoring our team 
is something that you need to understand. It's the way to actually make it to the top 20, make it to the very best in our industry. You need to be coaching and you need to be coached. Mm. It makes total sense. Right. It's invaluable. Yeah. Right? Like it's so cool. So let's, let's get into the mechanics. Like, like what are we talking about, you know, specifically and like, and do you have any like, uh, I don't know, coach us into like, you know, what that conversation should, should sound like, you know, what, what we should avoid and what we shouldn't avoid, not necessarily, you know, specifics, what we should avoid in conversation. Yeah. I think I have three kind of things that I want to talk about regarding one-on-ones and how to kind of map them out. So the first, I think in order to name self-interest and understand where your service provider is coming from, I want to know what their personal and professional goals are for let's say the year. So in my salon company, what we do every January is we have this form that they fill out and it's list three personal and three professional goals that you have for the year. And I do this exercise myself actually, and I'm honest about it and I share it with my team. Um, And I'm not looking for their deep, dark secrets of things that they want in their personal life. I'm talking about personal goals that require us to better our best in our career in order to achieve. I want to go to Paris. I want to buy a new house. I need to get a new car, things like that. So once I have that picture in my head, I'm able to establish what's important to my service provider so that all of the future mentoring and coaching that I do circles back to something that's actually meaningful to them. Mm, I love that. And I love it too, because I mean, a lot of times it, you know, those, those meetings, it circles back to the salon or circles back to the owner, but you have it circled back to them, which is beautiful. That's amazing. And like, like he was saying, three personal and three business goals, like, you know, very quickly they'll realize that their personal goals are also entangled in those business goals. You know, if you want to go to Paris, we need some bread, you know, and like, where do you make your bread? Yep. Right. That's right. And I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, some of these exercises, give you surprising results. So I've worked with a stylist that maybe they want to spend more time with their family. So we have to look at their schedule and maybe look at the way that they're working in our salon so that they can actually get a little bit more balance between their personal and their professional life. There's all kinds of things that are going to come out of this exercise that are going to inform the way you coach them through the next year. Not every service provider functions in the same way. Not every service provider looks at good the same way. And not every person needs the same thing. So this is a really great way to kind of concretize what's, what's personal to each and every one of the people on our team. That's actually genius because I mean, you're saying like more time with the family, like that may never come up in conversation as a, as a, as a business owner or as a salon um, owner, like you may never know that, you know, and, and it could probably just be a small like schedule tweak, whether it's like an hour or a couple hours a week you know, to, to fulfill that. So just even knowing, you know, put you at the advantage of, of us as a salon owner. It could be the, the difference between somebody who is um, feeling defeated uh, and not willing to bring their best every day and somebody who really feels like they're taken care of by their company and is giving their all because they know that the company understands them. Just, just knowing the company has your back, right? That's right. So, I mean, that's where I start first. And then, you know, from there, we take it into, you know, how to build their business. And and in order to really get to the part where we're passing on knowledge to our team members, we have to understand the difference between mentoring and coaching. 
And this is something that we teach a lot at Summit Salon Business Center. Um, and it's just been really revolutionary for me in the way that I build my team. The difference between mentoring someone and coaching someone, both of which will happen within a one-on-one. Can we kind of dive into that? I mean, what, what's your definition of mentoring and what's your definition of coaching or, or are they the same just using different words? Yeah, they're not the same at all. I mean, here's the thing, and this is going to make sense, I think, when I, when I break it down for you. So the idea of mentoring is, is getting people on your team to kind of see something a certain way and actually feel in their hearts and in their minds that what they need to do is achievable, what they need to do is even important or even matters right? The why behind something. So we call that see, feel, right? That's mentoring. So I can't just go and tell you how to uh, do a particular technical skill uh, if I don't first tell you the why behind why we have to do it. Otherwise, you're, you're just repeating something and you, you don't really, you're not grounded or rooted in why it has to be done. And, and therefore, you probably won't follow through every time. So you're living it instead of just doing it. That's right. So an example of, uh, of mentoring would be something like this. Um, do you agree that every time you do a color on a guest that that color has a shelf life and that it's going to end at some point? Right. So if it has a, a shelf life and it's going to end, don't you think it's really important that we let the guests know that, that that has a timeline and when they should come back to maintain their look? So here I'm asking questions that I kind of know that you're going to know the answer, but I'm framing the conversation before then I head in to tell you exactly how to rebook your guest and strategies that are going to work as far as when you do it and how you do it and the things that you're going to say. If I just started the conversation with, I want you to say to your guests every single time, I need to see you in five weeks. Does this day and time work for you? Now, you'll have some personalities that are into those kinds of rules, and maybe they'll do it every single time. I'd say that's like one out of 10 people. The other nine people on your team are going to be like, what is he talking about? Whatever. I'm just going to say it however I want or if I want, right? Hmm. So mentoring gives us an opportunity to get on the same page so we know the reason behind what it is that we're then taking action on. Love it. I be- yeah, I believe that you can't coach anybody until you first mentor them. And sometimes the mentoring process is super simple because y'all get it. You're all on the same page. Sometimes the mentoring process gets really deep and it's, it takes months of mentoring before you're ever going to get to coaching. You're building up trust, right? You got to, when you mentor them, you're, you're gaining their trust. You're gaining their trust and you're getting inside their belief system. And unfortunately, in our world and amongst people in our industry, um, people have low self-esteem and they don't believe in themselves. So if I have somebody on my team that doesn't actually believe that they can hit these goals, that doesn't believe that they can actually do the kind of business that would allow them to take their family to Disney World this year, then it doesn't matter what I'm telling them to do. It's not going to mean a hill of beans. I've got to get into their heart, into their mind, and undo whatever knot was tied up in them that told them they weren't good enough so that then we can build that confidence within them and then start to go towards what they need to do. Oh, my God. For the first time, I just, like, had this emotional, like, pull on me as he's telling this story. You know, it's like the lives that can be changed. Yeah. 
so many of our service providers, they're people, right? And they walk in with all of their own baggage and all their own belief systems. And I'm not trying to change people's values or their belief systems, but I do want a team of people who come together under a set of shared values. And in order to kind of get there, we have to have those conversations. Those are mentoring conversations. Mm. I think it's the first time I, I can actually see the separation of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's genius, really. Cool. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, sure. And I think like a coach is going to tell you what to do, right? Too, and, you know. And I don't think that one is better than the other, or they're they're absolutely they live together in synergy and synergistically, kind of something that you have to move in and out of, to, depending on what it is you're talking about and and where you are at any given time. I kind of, I mean, to go back on what Tony said, you know, I mean, mentoring is to build the trust, and then coaching is kind of the more practical. Here's how we do it. You know, here here's how we achieve those goals, and here's you know just the just the, again, the, the, the practical use of, of, of said skills or teaching said skills. That's right. And if you think of, if you think back on people that you would call mentors or people that you would even call great coaches for yourself and in your own life, really, they were doing both, both for you at all times. They were both shaping your worldview and giving you amazing strategies that bring success into your life. Boom. Love that. Yeah, you can't say it any better than that. Nope. So what's, uh, what's, you said you had three, what's the next? So the first, right, was uh, um, this idea of the personal and professional goals. The second one was the difference between mentoring and coaching. And then I guess the last one I want to say is for service providers in our industry, just kind of going back to the basics of, of what we need to coach them on in order to build their business. And that's the idea of the big four. And I think we've talked about it or touched upon it, but I just kind of want to remind our uh, listeners here, what the big four is and, and kind of where they can find a little bit more information about it. So um, the big four was developed by Michael Cole and his over the top book, which is, you know, been with us in our industry, guiding us for a really long time. I know that you guys have seen this book before. Yep. And it's really the big four ways that we can increase revenue behind the chair in the treatment room, um, in the massage room. And so we is service, retail, rebook, and referral. And these are the four primary things that we're measuring in some way when we're looking at somebody's career in a summit salon and helping them better their best and move through a level system and earn their next promotion. So what, So going back to like a real, an honest to goodness uh, uh, one-on-one, uh, would you, you know, would you take one month and you would say, okay, we're going to, would you break down these four, the big four, and would you break them down month by month? Or, or would, you, would you be, for the lack of a better word, attacking all four at one one-on-one? Or does it all depend on where you are? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, when I'm coaching other salon leaders to coach their teams and, and mentor their teams, I'm really telling them to take it one little bite at a time. So obviously, we're going to have some sort of indication of where the service provider is in each one of these four areas. And they could be excelling in one and they need to work on three or two and two, whatever it is, you know, and and people are at different places in their career and need different types of strategies based on where they're at, whether they're a new guest, a new service provider looking for guests, or if they've been in the industry for a really long time and they need to work on things like average ticket. Um, or even maybe finding new guests because some of their guests are retiring, right? It's, it's different for each person. Um, and so we have to take it one little step at a time. When I'm looking at what to give them to do and coaching them to their, like that do part, um, 
I'm really trying to give one or two of the big four for them to focus on in the next month. Love that. So I, I want to kind of break down the big four and just how we measure them so that people really understand a great thing to look at. So when we're talking about service, I want you to look at the average ticket. I think that's the best way to measure what good looks like with the big four of service. And so ways that we can increase average ticket are adding on additional opportunities to our guest experience, number one, right? And it could be anything from a conditioning treatment or a brow shaping to actually having that color conversation with a client. And then I think the other way that we can increase the average ticket is by adding more color clients. So if you have a service provider that's very cut heavy and, you're, and they're doing both, right? I know some people specialize and they're doing both. We can actually encourage them to use a referral strategy um, by targeting their current color clients to get more color clients and that will increase their average ticket. And why we care about average ticket and increasing average ticket is because it's an indicator of people that are working smarter, not harder, right? Mm. We call it slowing down to make more money. Can we spend more time with our guests and give them more services, thereby increasing our average ticket and not have a day of 10, 12, 13 guests of, hi, how are you? How are the kids? How's it going? Hi, how are you? How are the kids? How's it going? All, <laughs> you know, um, those days we really want to just like just shove our deja. scissors right up our nose. And, 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 and again and again. Yeah. So well, like a living groundhog day there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's service. And then I think for retail, um, you know, my favorite word, the R word, retail, um, we found that there's lots of different ways that it needs to be measured now in order to really find uh, what good looks like for us. And so there's three ways that I would talk about. Number one, retail to service. And that's a percentage. You take the retail and you divide it by the service and you get a percentage. And so we know that somewhere between 13 and 15% is really good in salons that have high average tickets. But uh, there's a little bit of a trap in that because we've been steadily in our industry increasing our service prices, which just by default has been lowering our RTS. So for any of you salons out there that have been frustrated or banging your head against the wall about RTS, I feel you, I'm experiencing it in my own salon. And so we're really looking at that number and what good looks like and saying, you know, 13 to 15% is really great in a salon company that has average tickets in the 90s or hundreds dollar mark. Um, and that's, that's one way. So that's RTS. But another way to measure it is in units per guest. So like how many units per guest are going out the door? This is something that doesn't take into consideration the actual average ticket price or the price of the services. And so here we're just measuring like of 10 people that you see are five of them or five units going out the door, five bottles of something, or five styling products going out the door. And I think that's really great for a salon is to have that kind of like, for every 10 people, five products are going out the door. So that's a good number then you're saying, so like, are you saying like a, a almost like a 50% ratio? Is that a fair number to say? Or, or yeah, do we not want you know, to we're not talking about the clients, five clients taking product. We're talking about five units. So like one client could buy all five of those units. No, no, I get, I, I get that. So you but, but I, I'm just trying to put it like into harder numbers. So if we see 10 clients and five units go out with those 10 clients, yeah, then that that's a good number. That's right. That's a good, that's a good starting place. And you know, for us in our summit salons, that's level one, right? And then it goes up by like, 0.1 for that. So it goes to 0.5, which is five units, then 0.6, which is six units, then 0.7, et cetera. 
Um, so, you know, for me, my goal right now, I want to be like a level three salon. So I'm looking for seven units for every 10 guests that go out the door. Um, and that's kind of a sweet spot for me because it's in the middle of kind of the beginners and then the more advanced. Mm, I like that. And then the last, I think that we have to look at for retail just is, did we do better than we did last year in the same period? You know, right? because when all is said and done, like, I just want the needle to be moving in some way. And I want to claim victory on something here, especially with retail, which is such a bone of contention for so many service providers. But like, did we do better? Was there an increase overall in sales? And if there was, when you, let's, when you say, when you say increase, you're talking about actual dollars, dollar increase. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause your retail and service will go down. If you just, if you just level jumped, right. Even though you're doing the same or a little bit more. Yeah. And you can have some sort of like skew on the units. If everybody's selling like chapsticks or gummies, <laughs> those little hair ties or whatever, you know? So like, I think in having three different ways of measuring it, you're really kind of honing in on where the salon company or the service provider is at that time with their, with their retail. What, what did Tim call it last time? Triangulation. Triangulation. <laughs> Triangulation. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. Real quick. Let's get through rebooks and referrals. Yeah. So rebook, I mean, that one's obvious. It's a percentage. So uh, we just want to know the percentage of rebooks. And I, I just want to say if you have online booking, it's going to dip down especially if you just introduce it, but you can still get it back up there. Uh, it's just going to take a little bit of time. And then for referrals. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Tim. Hold on, Tim. So with the rebook, how are you judging a rebook? Are you judging a rebook before they leave the salon? Are you judging a rebook if they do it within a week? If, if how, are you, how are you judging what a rebook looks like? That's a great question. So, you know, for me, it's before they leave the salon. So I want to know that I, and here's the thing, this is about guest experience as much as it's about increasing the uh, earning potential of the service provider. Because number one, as far as the earning potential goes, we know that guests that rebook are going to come in two to three times more per year. So there we've just increased the annual value of that guest just because they're coming in on a schedule and everybody gets busy. You know, it happens to me all the time. I wake up, my hair's a mess, but it takes me two weeks just to get it cut because I'm so busy, right? Um, So we know we're going to increase the the value for the service provider. Um, But for the guest, I want to know that my service providers have told them when their service is going to expire and invite them to book their future reservation so that they are on a schedule and they never have a bad hair day, right? Mm-hmm. that's what I want. I mean, dentist's office do this all the time. You always leave the dentist office with a future reservation, future appointment in six months. Now, I don't know what I'm doing in six months, except for the fact that I have a dentist appointment. Right. That's awesome. So this can be, you know, you know, can, can, just to add something here, like, um, like recently back in February, we went on to on an online booking system and, and using the, the using the rebook system, I got to tell you that, um, I'm getting more frequent, just being online creates more frequency with my clients, right? So like my, and what, what I'm starting to realize happened was those that didn't pre-book that, like you were saying, um, they would remember at 11 o'clock at night and go, oh, I need that appointment. Then the next morning they'd wake up and forget it or the kids, something happened or whatever. And then it'd take them a week to make the appointment. And like, that's honest to goodness what's happened in, in my book. Now that we have online booking, 70% of our, of our rebooks are done after uh, business hours, which blows me away. You know, and I'm seeing more and more frequency um, because of that as well. Yeah, I agree. I get an email every single time somebody books online in my salon and I'm getting those emails late at night and early, early <laughs> in the morning. I think people are doing it in bed, right? As they're, 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 they're an appointment, you know? 
I think they totally are, you know, because I'll wake up in the morning. I'll have six appointments that booked overnight, you know? Yeah. If you really wanted to geek out on it and get in the matrix, like you would look at each one of your guests and you could even do this for your best guests, um, your high ticket guests. Look at how many times they came in the last year. Was it on a schedule that was appropriate for them? So if they're on a six week schedule, they need to be coming eight times a year. If they only came seven, that means that they actually missed an appointment with you and that they had some time in their life where their hair wasn't the way it needed to be. And so we're really looking at like the number of times that that guest comes in within a year. Mm, love that. All right. I love that perspective. I know, right? What, uh, tell us about referrals. So referrals are obviously, this is how we build our, our guest count. And so when I have a one-on-one, the first thing I want to look at regard, regarding referrals is guess what? I want to look at their social media. Um, and it's not just because I'm a social media dork and it's where I live, uh, but I just believe it's the most powerful way to build your clientele in 2019 and not just any clientele, but exactly the kind of clientele you want, right? Because we can hone in on our muse, our target demographic or our perfect client, and we can go and find them, um, out in the world using great hashtags, or we can find them using a guest influencer strategy, using our favorite guests that get the services that we want to do more of. So, um, with referrals, we know that people that are really knocking it out of the park, uh, they can do up to 20 referrals in a month. Um, but I think more nuanced, let's figure out how many of those people come back. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And, and we don't really talk about retention um, at Summit, but uh, if you have somebody that is really knocking it out of the park with referrals, but they just can't seem to get their rebooks up, um, or their average ticket is faltering a little bit, we might want to take a look at retention just to make sure that we're just not getting these one and done clients um, that are coming in um, just because of Instagram or something like that. That's, I mean, but okay. What are the hard numbers for that? How do you judge that? You know, how are you, how you, I guess, how are you measuring that? You know, if you have like a, you know, we all have that, you know, once every three or four month highlight, like how do you, does that fall within your retention rate? Does that fall outside of your retention rate? What numbers are you using or what timeline are you using for retention? Yeah. I mean, you know, in so much as balayage, we know that it's really stretched out the appointment time for people. Uh, I actually talk about booking a maintenance appointment and I really believe people need it. Um, So I'm going to still try to get them in every six weeks into my salon company. Um, But that doesn't mean that everybody's going to take advantage of that. Uh, We have to look and it's funny, um, I'm doing this too with my automated software. So we offer a discount to guests if they don't make an appointment within a certain number of days. And it used to be 90 days. But what we were finding was all of our highlight clients, our balayage clients, they weren't coming back in 90 days. So they were all getting a coupon to come back for their next appointment, which was just their regularly scheduled appointment. So I've actually popped it out to 120 days, about four months. Mm-hmm. Like that. So when you do your numbers, how are you doing your numbers? I'm not really measuring retention, but if I see somebody that has a lot of referrals, but they don't have a lot of movement in their career, average ticket, uh, rebook, then I might want to look at some of those new guests and see if they're coming back at all. It's also uh, when it comes to one and done's or those one-offs, you know, with, with some of those, uh, some of those, uh, internet sites, you know, that, that'll sell a bunch of services. We, we've noticed that that, that that tends to be the trend as well. So like if you do like a Groupon or a Living Social or something, you know, come in for a highlight, those are usually one and done clients. And, um, you know, it's the clients that are always looking for the deal and not necessarily looking for the service. 
Yeah, absolutely. And also too, as a salon company owner, I just want to make sure that each one of my service providers are giving that high level, high end experience to every single guest, even if they're coming in off of a uh, Groupon, which I never do. That's all other podcast. But um even if they're coming in because of some sort of promotion that we're doing in our salon company, they have to get that A plus amazing salon Hurtis experience because we do have an opportunity with every single client to capture them and turn them into lifelong clients for a salon company and for our service providers. Boom. Tim, this is awesome. Legitimately one of the favorite podcasts that we've done with you. I, uh, I thought we kind of got, we got a lot of information in a short amount of time and, uh, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> Tim, thank you very much for joining us on well, 10 Minutes with Tim and your day off. Thanks, guys. Keep it positive. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>